listeners, it must be your lucky day. You stumbled upon Nashville anthems, dissecting 80s and 90s country music. I'm your serendipitous host, Melton McMainerberry, and I want to give a shout out to Columbus Cowpoke for playing us in this episode. You know the game by now. On Nashville anthems, we're giving our best shot to trying to get to the heart of what exactly it is that makes 80s and 90s country music particularly work. By trying our hand at the songs played on satellite radios, 80s and 90s country station, one at a time. Today, we're back to one of the shining stars of early 90s country, Mary Chapin Carpenter, and her 1992 hit, I Feel Lucky. So, if you haven't already, why don't you pause me now and give I Feel Lucky a close listen or two. And now, let's get into it. Let's start as we normally do by giving credit where credit is due, with our usual assists from Wikipedia and Billboard. Mary Chapin Carpenter co-wrote I Feel Lucky with well-known country songwriter, one whom we talked about in the On the Other Hand episode, Don Schlitz, and she co-produced it with frequent collaborator John Jennings, a name we ran into a few episodes ago when we tackled Mary Chapin Carpenter's breakthrough hit, Down at the Twist and Shout. I Feel Lucky was the lead single from her fourth studio album and the follow-up to begin her major breakout, Shooting Straight in the Dark. It was entitled Come On, Come On. A Come On, Come On was a big hit at the time and remains among the most highly regarded country albums of its era. It produced seven singles, if you can believe that, seven singles. Among them, some others that you'll certainly remember, like early 90s country diva collaboration, He Thinks He'll Keep Her, and Mary Chapin Carpenter's version of Kindred Spirit Lucinda Williams' Passionate Kisses. So as a single, I Feel Lucky peaked at number four on the country charts in a crowded fall of 1992, beaten out by number three, a great little Clint Black ditty called We Tell Ourselves. Remember that one? Number two was Alabama with Take a Little Trip, and the top spot that week was previous Nashville Anthem selection and mega honky-tonk hit Brooks and Dunn's Boot Scootin' Boogie. So, despite not making it at number one, the single garnered Carpenter her second of four consecutive Grammys for Best Female Country Vocal Performance. Not bad, eh? Or a little more Mary Chapin Carpenter trivia for you, for good measure. While she was responsible for some of the best-loved hits of the early 90s, do you want to guess how many number ones Mary Chapin Carpenter had on the Billboard Country Chart in her career? Ever the Outsider, she had only... One, believe it or not. It was 1994's Shut Up and Kiss Me. But while there won't be any kissing, maybe I should take the hint and shut up with the trivia and get on with the episode, right? Point taken. Enough background and context. Let's get into the song itself and find out at least what I'm hearing in I Feel Lucky that makes this song what it is. First and foremost, much like Down on the Twist and Shout, this song is just plain fun. Lots of things contribute to that feeling. Let's establish first off the basic form of this song, and it won't surprise anyone. The verses of this song are in 12-bar blues. In the key, and this might surprise you, in the key of B. That's right. This is a blues riff in B. Watch Mary Chapin Carpenter for the changes, and uh, try to keep up. This is now, I'm losing count, maybe the fourth song we've tackled in B since I said in the very first episode that B is a rare key that you'd almost never want to put a song in. Let's see, How Can I Help You Say Goodbye, of course, was in B. Wild One was in B. From This Moment On ended in B. And now I Feel Lucky is entirely in B. So pretty much shows you how much I know, right? But one thing I do know 
as we've encountered it again and again in this exploration of 80s and 90s country music, is that blues and all that loaded term brings with it is an absolutely indispensable element of this music. I've definitely lost count of the number of songs we've tackled that were in either blues form or had blues tonality, or in many cases like this one had both. So, what I feel lucky specifically, I mean the song is very much a blues song. The verses are in a very traditional 12-bar blues form. Almost every D and every A that Mary Chapin Carpenter sings are natural instead of sharp as you'd expect in the key of B. And the song is about kind of humorously hard luck, right? A comically bad horoscope and a thunderstorm during a picnic. But wait, that's not what this song is about. It's called, I Feel Not Unlucky, But Lucky. Doesn't she win the lottery and get hit on by Dwight Yoakam and Lyle Lovett at the end? Well... I think yes and no. We'll get to more of that, but there is some irony in this song. The whole thing is a bit tongue-in-cheek. That's true lyrically, but also musically. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, a few things. This is a blues song, but with a very straight rhythm. The rhythm doesn't swing at all. Swing being a concept we've mentioned a few times, where the upbeats are slightly delayed. Boot Scootin' Boogie is a great example of a 12-bar blues verse in heavy swing. Out in the country, past the city limit sign, where there's a honky-tonk near the counter line. Here's a little Dwight Yoakam in the corner doing the same thing, for good measure. I'm a honky-tonk man, ain't a case ain't stop, love to give the girls a word. Hear those delayed upbeats, the asymmetrical rhythm that sounds like skipping instead of walking or running? Well... I Feel Lucky is exactly not that. The subdivisions of the beat are super straight, and not only that, they are super on the beat. It only took a minute for my finger to find my daily dose of destiny under my side. We've talked about how rhythms can drive forward and even hang back, kind of either propelling a song or restraining it. But I Feel Lucky's rhythm does neither. It's just a super steady, super straight, confident, and content mid-tempo rhythm. You hear this primarily on the bass guitar. The bass guitar plays this pattern over and over again throughout the song, hardly ever deviating from it. Just adjusting the root as the chord changes. Listen for it. It's these notes. Hear how steady and straight that is? Moreover, how unwavering that is? How confident and unchallenged it feels? I feel lucky. I feel lucky. There can be a subtle rhythmic battle in these songs, as I mentioned. I mean, we've heard them, where some intentional tension between the rhythm section and the rest of the band gives the song a different sort of feel, often either lazy or hurried. But this rhythm is remarkable for how cool and collected it is. This is very much a steady walk down to the convenience store and out to the park, stars and clouds be darned. And there's also tons of brightness in the song. That's an idea we've discussed before as a bit contrary to the spirit and tone of blues music. 
the piano, the piano, the piano. Oh man, is the piano great in this song. It's played with zeal, with abandon even. I'm pretty sure you can even hear the piano player miskeying once or twice. As credited piano player John Carroll just bangs away in, I might add, a super piano unfriendly key. B just feels weird under your fingers, but no one told John Carroll that apparently. So piano in a certain pitch range is inherently bright. Really, any time you get out of the range of the open strings on guitar, which picks out here at the E above middle C, you're into the bright range of a piano. This effect is amplified, and I feel lucky, by Mary Chapin Carpenter's super low vocals. Very low for a female, really in the male tenor range, if not even a little lower. Carpenter's vocals stay firmly around here, within the octave between the F-sharp surrounding middle C. That's also at least the upper part of the typical rhythm guitar range, as well as the more mellow range on a piano. This versus this. So there's a sense in which the piano player has to be in the bright pitch range just to be heard and to fill the song out sonically. Basically, everyone else, including the lead vocal, is here or below. Actually, including the lead guitar by and large. So the piano is like all on its own up here in this bright piano range. And John Carroll just leans into it, imposing his bright barroom piano on a blues song about the universe being against the protagonist. You also get some of the superimposed brightness in that repeating bass line we just talked about. Because in addition to being super steady rhythmically, the bass line is pentatonic. Now, we deep dove into pentatonic scales in the step-by-step episode, including why they have such a naturally bright feel, if you want to go back and give that one a listen. But in a nutshell, pentatonic scales make use only of the least controversial chord degrees, those least likely to run into dissonance, and those that kind of clear up any harmonic ambiguity. In short, they are the least bluesy scale degrees. If a blues scale is 1, flat 3, 4, sharp 4, 5, flat 7, 8, a pentatonic scale is 1, 2, 3, 5, 6, 8. 1, 5, and 8 are the same, the rest are all different. Because blues plays with the pitches that pentatonic harmony firms up or avoids altogether. Now, time out for a second because I don't want to overplay this. It's very common for the bass line in blues to be a pentatonic scale. This like stereotypical blues walk is pentatonic. But notice that the rhythm is completely different and has a different feel. That stereotypical blues bass line has more of that laid-back, rhythmic, backward tug that we talked about earlier. So I do think that the steady, subdivided pattern in I Feel Lucky, coupled with the pentatonic harmony, contributes to the song's bright feel. It only took a minute for my finger to find My daily dose of destiny under my side Because the bass line could have been just relentless root of chord eighth notes, a la Third Rock from the Sun. Sparks lines go downtown, goes dark. But instead, it's this similar rhythm that, rather than staying on the root, moves along a bright little pentatonic scale. 
The notes of that bass line, by the way, in B are B, C sharp, D sharp, F sharp, G sharp, F sharp, then back to B to repeat. That's one, two, three, five, six, five, back to one. So there's the rhythm, the harmony, and just the fact that this bass line is so ubiquitous in this song. Listen to I Feel Lucky in your head, and you'll hear this bass line, whether you're thinking about it or not. Typical of bass, it's more felt than noticed, but it's really the defining element of the song musically. Okay, now finally, because I want to milk this tension between brightness and blues for all it's worth, I want to mention how the song breaks from blues in the chorus. And this is something we've seen several times, actually. It was in Boot, Scoot, and Boogie, and it was in its close cousin, Crazy Over You. It was in Third Rock of the Sun, and a form of it happened in Summer's Coming, as well as Ain't Going Down Till the Sun Comes Up. And it's this. A 12-bar blues verse yields to an 8-bar non-blues chorus that starts with a 4 chord. And now, interestingly enough, I argued that this effect didn't work particularly well in Third Rock from the Sun or in Summer's Coming, but I feel lucky that break in form and harmony signals an overall tonal shift in the song that is at its very heart. That four chord to start the chorus is a major disruption musically, and it happens exactly as Carpenter flips the switch from narrating Hard Luck Day with the simple line, but, and that conjunction is key, but I feel lucky. The sky began to thunder, wind began to moan, I heard a voice above me saying, girl, you better get back home. But I feel lucky. Oh, oh, oh. Notice too in the second line of the chorus, the chord changes back to one, but the melody changes ever so slightly. As Carpenter and the harmony vocalists sing, I feel lucky, yeah, the chord they hold out is an unmistakable B major, as Carpenter's melody note switches from the bluesy hybrids between D-sharps and D-naturals that she'd been pounding all along, and she sustains a brighter D-sharp there, the major third of the B chord the song goes to, and the brightest thing that happens in this song. I feel lucky, So that then takes us to the overall lyrical tone of the song, which marries perfectly with some of the musical tension we've just been talking about. I Feel Lucky is a song characterized by what I'm going to call defiant optimism. In this, it's not terribly dissimilar from the tone we looked at in Joe D. Messina's I'm Alright, but where that song had a touch of the feeling that the declaration of satisfaction was a nevertheless kind of contentment. In other words, Messina's protagonist was pushing through some malaise and kind of trying to make it all right by saying it was all right. But I don't really get that, and I feel lucky. I feel lucky replaces I'm All Right's rug sweeping with some tongue-in-cheek humor and feels less like contentment pushing against internal doubt than like optimism pushing against external, I almost said obstacles, but that's not really it. It's more negative external forces, the stars, the weather, things outside the protagonist's control. And that's why the song's focus isn't on achievement, but on luck. There's definitely a slacker type of passivity to this song, right? And I think we could say fit right in 
1992. So you have a woman who is resigned to her fate, but not in a negative way. We see that in the tonal shift into the chorus that we talked about earlier. But I feel lucky. There's a delicious ungroundedness in that sentiment, right? I feel lucky. Why? I just do. That's why I call it defiant. Defiance in the sense that, regardless of the evidence, this protagonist is just going to be effortlessly upbeat. And effortlessly upbeat, this song certainly is. We've said a little about the humor in this song, and I think that's worth diving into a bit more under this heading of defiant optimism, because humor is one of the ways in which this song manages to maintain an upbeat, optimistic tone in spite of some of the forces that might otherwise push against that attitude. How about all of the spoken word that Mary Chapin Carpenter slips into throughout this song? Those little sections break the melodic form and they contribute to what feels like a free-flowing, real-time narrative rather than something carefully structured and planned out. It makes the protagonist sound like a free spirit, someone a teeny bit off her rocker, and someone you root for against these forces of nature that are stacked against her. I bought a pack of camels, a burrito, and a park. I heard a voice above me saying, girl, you better get back home. Hey, Dwight. Hey, Lyle. Boys, you don't have to fight. Another part of that kind of free spirit, almost slacker vibe, this great line about laying out of work because the lottery payout is high that day. The pot's 11 million, so I called in sick to work. I love the logic there. It's super tongue-in-cheek, super fun, and quintessentially defiantly optimistic. But the best thing in the song for me is the last verse. It's the memorable one, right? If you didn't remember anything else in this song, I bet you remembered the hilarious Dwight Yoakam a Lyle Lovett reference in the last verse. Dwight Yoakam's in the corner trying to catch my eye. Lyle Lovett's right beside me with his hand upon my thigh. And why those two? I have to say, as a kid growing up listening to this song on the radio at the time, I didn't get it. But now looking back, it makes perfect sense. Who would show up hitting on someone like Mary Chapin Carpenter in her lottery-winning fantasy? And by the way, it is a fantasy. I'll be so bold as to say, I don't think even in the fiction of the song this really happened. Or are you buying that that's really the moral of the story? Or that there's a moral to the story at all? No, but anyway, with the Yoakum and Love It reference, I mean, there was always this feeling that Mary Chapin Carpenter was an outsider in country music. Someone slightly outside the mainstream who wouldn't quite play the game, toe the line, that kind of thing. Real or imaginary, that feeling was there, and some of her material clearly embraced that image. It felt like she was much more in touch with her folk music side than, say, Trisha Yearwood. She was also from New Jersey, and she cut her teeth in the Washington, D.C. area, as we mentioned in our previous Carpenter episode. Now, let's be real here. Mary Chapin Carpenter has a closet full of CMA trophies, not to mention Grammys, and a wall full of gold and platinum records that would challenge this outsider view. And while this song skews quirky, as did Down in the Twist and Shout, plenty of Mary Chapin Carpenter's material was, frankly, right down the middle. But I'm sure we'll get to some of those songs soon. But regardless, I remember a general feeling that Mary Chapin Carpenter was kind of her own woman in her own world. Country music has always had that. The idea of outlaws, fiercely independent artists outside of the Nashville mainstream or whatever. At least that's the mythology. So from that angle, Dwight Yoakam and Lyle Lovett make perfect sense, right? 
We've talked about how Dwight Yoakam self-consciously embraced the Bakersfield counterculture literally thousands of miles from Nashville, Tennessee. And maybe we'll get to Lyle Lovett on here eventually too, but clearly he's more of an independent Texas folk guy than a Nashville insider, right? So it's just a lot of fun that Mary Chapin Carpenter kind of winks at her reputation with her choice of cowboys here. It's fun, it's funny, and as the pinnacle of the fantastical payoff of her otherwise hard luck mundane day, it's quite a wacky, quirky, and defiantly optimistic choice that fits this catchy, fun song perfectly. You know, I mentioned this last verse, this big payoff is a fantasy, and I think it is. But part of what makes the song great is that it doesn't acknowledge that. So it's like the character believes she really did win the lottery. It's like she believes she really did buy the house a double and the waitress a new car. And that she's got these two like outlaw country guys hitting on her. It's a lot of fun. And please, no one tell her it's not real. So that's what at least I'm hearing in Mary Chapin Carpenter's I Feel Lucky. If you're hearing something more, maybe something different, you know where to find me. Search for Nashville Anthems on Instagram or Facebook and drop me a line. But for now, let's cash in this lottery ticket and find out what song we'll be looking at on the next episode of Nashville Anthems. To that end, I'm going to pull up Satellite Radio's 80s and 90s country station right now and see what's playing. With any luck, maybe we'll hit the jackpot. I think we did. We finally reached on our 53rd episode, George Strait. We're going to be doing his classic song, Carrying Your Love With Me. Definitely looking forward to getting to that one with you in two weeks. In the meantime, look me up on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks so much for listening, and don't forget to tell a friend about us. Bye now. I gotta go. It looks like it's going to rain. <laughs> <laughs>